This is an episode of the Leadheads Podcast, a weapons and firearm podcast unlike any other. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing or checking out our YouTube page. Work the trigger. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Leadheads Podcast, episode 14, Heirloom Guns. Hey guys, welcome back. That was loud. I'm, I'm speaking hey very guys. loud tonight. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> welcome back to Leadheads. Uh, how are you all doing? Builder, how are you doing? I'm doing great. That is a um, very positive thing. Significantly. How are you doing today, work? I'm, I'm actually, it's been an okay day uh, until until it came to bedtime. Uh, and then it was, uh, then it was interestingly not quite as okay. The old bedtime. The, well, actually they're, they're quite young, so it's young bedtime. Ah. But um, that'll happen. But hey, how's it going, guys? Tonight we are going to be, today... Right now, t- this episode. T- t- there we go. T- t- this episode. Junior? This episode is significantly um, like a more universal way to say that. So I should probably stick with that. On this episode, episode <laughs> number fourteen of the Leadheads podcast, we're going to be doing heirloom guns. Now, what is an heirloom gun? You might ask. Let's ask Builder. Uh, it would be a gun that you would you would either pass down or a gun that you would expect to get passed down. Um, through a family or close friends relationship. There we go. So it's a it's a quality firearm. Yeah, like something that you would be proud to pass down. I yeah, mean, like you can pass versus anything high down. points, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of a couple of high points in there. We're good. So um, <laughs> first, really quick, um, we're gonna be uh, we got a, a an early segment that we're gonna be doing uh, every few podcasts now. Yes. And um, it's going to be what, what you're carrying. So, Builder, what you're carrying? Uh, today, I'm carrying a Grand Power Strybog. Oh. That's right. <laughs> I pronounce it how I want you it because I bought it my own self. Okay. I, w- I want to point something very important out to the people who really like to like pick on other people for not saying Strybog right or Strybog. Absolutely no one pronounces the name Thor correctly. That's true. Nobody. So if you're not going to get all anal about Thor, then uh, it can be Strybog. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I have my uh, my Strybog pistol. It's a SP9A1. um, The Gen 2. Gen 2. The non-reciprocating charging handle. The uh, The best bog is what we call that. I would say arguably the most reliable one. I don't Um, think that's arguable. (laughs) It's got a Sightmark Wolverine optic on it. Um, hey, really quick, have you ever held that above your head and just gone, Wolverines? <laughs> I might have. I don't know. I've had that optic on a few different guns. It's going to happen now. Um, I have a folding brace on it with a tail hook uh, brace adapter thingy. That tail hook is a legit uh, like brace feature. It is fine. Like it, it the the HB not HB. The what are the other ones? The SB. SB, that's it. The SB tactical ones, like they work, but they are a pain in the butt to get like on and like cinched down. Mm-hmm. That thing, you pop that little hook down, and it's perfect. Now it is, it is hand specific. I found that out when I was playing with it one day. Like yeah, like it I is. cannot utilize it the same as you can. <clears throat> but that is a, it's a legitimate brace. Yeah, it's very solid too. Um, and then I got miscellaneous. Uh, HB Enterprise parts. Enterprise? Inter- industries. Industries. HB Industries. HB Industries parts. Um, you got you an know, ambi charging handle. Yeah, you got side a charging handle. badass brake on there. Nice little brake. Got some JP trigger springs in there. 
and I got the mag full of some Fioki 124 grain jacketed hollow points. You know, I do I do get questions a lot about um, whether brakes work very well on a Strybog, and the answer is yes. Like, they really do change the way that gun shoots. It doesn't need it, per se. No. But it, once you go with one, you're not going to, like, take it off and go back. Yeah. Unless you put a suppressor on. Yeah. That that would be. Acceptable. I mean, it, it, it's on there. I don't even know that I've noticed it on there, but I honestly couldn't tell you the last time I shot my Strybog either. Uh, having shot, because I actually took those out to do like a before right, and after yeah. of both. Like you can definitely tell. Okay. It's it's significantly flatter shooting with the with the comp on there. I believe that. So I am carrying my CZP10C. I'm gonna yank Bang. it out of my pants. Uh. <laughs> Hopefully not bang. So I got my my that man. I don't back up from my mic. That's making me sound really weird. Uh, got my P10C here. Um, it is uh, very very far from stock. <laughs> it's running a Norso slide, a Hollerson uh, 507C on top. It's got a um, HB Industries Theta trigger, which is the best trigger for a P10. Uh, it's running their slightly reduced power. Um, uh, striker spring. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, what else do I have on that thing? I don't know. Stock barrel. It yeah. is a stock barrel. CCs are so hard though, because like with the barrels on CZs, I'm gonna shift this a little bit because this sounds better. Um, Ooh. with barrels on CZs, like the stock barrels are just so freaking accurate. I have a very hard time ever replacing them yeah it's not like a gen 3 or 4 glock where it's like right that's that's kind of where i'm at with my gen 5 glocks um like my 17 i would love to put a flush crown barrel on there mm, but nobody will tasty. flush crown my factory barrel and i'm not gonna pay for a different barrel because it's not gonna be an improvement no you don't you don't need <laughs> it anymore no so the uh, my p10 is sitting in a uh, harry's holsters Gen 3 Singleton, that's right, it's the newest, uh, I know, it's the new hotness. The new new. Um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure those are even in the distribution center yet, so I may have, may have really gotten ahead of the curve on that one. Um, Definitely little, put on his little bit of an in- if you know what I mean. <laughs> hey, <laughs> a little bit of an inside track on that since I uh, d- did the design work on it, but, <laughs> and then we're, I'm, I'm running the, um, the little hook here that uh shall not be named because mostly because it doesn't have a name yet oh it has a name it, <laughs> we can't say it not that <laughs> just give me just so really quick um explain a little bit more about heirlooms i gotta do something really quick you gotta see a man about a donkey that okay so um i think we we discussed this a little bit beforehand, just you know, briefly. Hey, what are you? Not what guns are you doing? But um, mine are actually mostly specific guns, and I believe works are actually um, more more vague, broad categories. Yeah, mine are mine are definitely more vague. Um, <laughs> it's like I've got guns that don't touch that. Jeez. <laughs> I've got gun, like, specific guns listed within those to kind of, like, narrow okay. it down a little bit more. Gotcha. But generally, it's we're working on categories. Okay. I'm going to let you go first today because mm. I'm pretty sure I went first twice last time. Yeah, well, it happens. It does. Okay. B- about every other time. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So my first one is a very, very specific gun. And this it's is your one of these. <laughs> huh? It's it's so specific that it's yours. No, I wish okay. it was. Um, it is an older model, um, Remington 700 BDL, which is the high polished walnut finish stock. The uh, the high polished blued barrel in action in 30 six, which everybody knows by now that I don't like 30 six. It goes in this gun mm-hmm. um, with a high polished loopholed scope on it. Um, I'm very specific on this because I actually had almost this exact same gun for a while. I had it in 338 Win Mag, um, and my dad and I both kick ourselves about it constantly because it was just an absolute beautiful gun. And I mean it. It's just it. It's the kind of gun that is classic to me like it it can stand the test of time it's just a great gun in my opinion they really are those guns are um it's just something about that general design mm-hmm. on them that is timeless yes it it really breaks the barriers of time whoa <laughs> and i mean i'm not not saying you're gonna go and shoot you know sub moa groups all day and and do all that stuff, but the older Remingtons like that, mm-hmm. there's a pretty good chance you could. Yeah, I mean they were about as accurate as you could get at the time, yeah. which was relatively accurate. Yeah. I mean it's not not like things have gotten that much better nowadays. Mm-hmm. Not not at like thirty out six distances anyway. The right. majority of the accuracy increases these days have been like well past thirty out six range. Yes, because thirty out six is effective out to what about eight hundred or so. Uh, it, in Indiana, thirty out six will do about a thousand. Okay. Uh, 308 will do about 800 max in Indiana. Okay. Shooting <laughs> shooting downhill with the wind behind you? Yep. Okay. So my first one is going to be... I'm, I'm going to kind of bounce off that. I'll I'll do my, like, categoric one probably, like, right after you do your specific one. Okay. Okay, so mine is a pre-1960 hunting rifle. Now, why okay. 1960? Okay. It's 1960s, late 1960s into the 70s is when things the firearms companies really started cheapening out on stuff. Mm-hmm. They started trying to cut the corners because, well, things were being made cheaper elsewhere. So, um, specifically, a, a couple of specific options here are a Winchester Model 70 yep. and a uh, Marlin 336. Absolutely. Those were the first two that popped in my head as yep. well. Yeah, those are both guns that were made. And then, obviously, 700s made back in the day. Right, when did right. the 700 come out? That was I don't, I don't know. not much before that, I don't think. I don't know. I'm but, not sure. I know the 700 was used uh, in Vietnam. Right. Um, the 70 was primarily was primar- more u- <laughs> was used more commonly, but uh, the the 700 made a, a few appearances. 1962. Okay. So technically, <clears throat> that doesn't uh, that doesn't match underneath my my thing. But it's again, that's when they started kind. Of, I mean. With the 700, one of the things about the 700 was that it was a quality-made firearm, but it was relatively inexpensive. Like, it wasn't yeah. super expensive because of the way that they made it. They've got removable barrels. It's not, I mean... It was this new action that was mm-hmm. that was bulletproof that wasn't a Mauser action. Right. Yeah, ev- one, of, one of the first ones. Mauser action. Yep. In fact, Remington used to make a... 798 and it was 
a Mauser action rifle. I remember them being for sale when I was younger. Um, so that wasn't terribly long ago. I mean, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it because they made a 798 and 76239. And I wanted it wow. real bad. Should have. Should have got one. Should have. Too late now. But I didn't. You snoozed. I could only imagine how much one of those is now. I could only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're up. Next one. 798 comes out of the clouds. <laughs> Thank the you, God sir. Spotlight May I have another? From the top. <laughs> uh, my second one is uh it, it's it's more narrowed down than I think yours are okay but it, it is a category I would okay. say um and it would be a a Smith and Wesson revolver okay um and I'm not I don't want to say anything bad about these by not including them but I'm not talking about a 442 or a 642 <coughs> excuse me Rona. that was very loud um, uh, a chief special you could I, I would put a chief special in there, okay. but um kinda what, what resonates in my head and it's it's just because I see the gun right now that I know is an heirloom gun in my family. Um is a just a good classic six eighty six. Um so there's there's plenty of other models of Smith that fit in there. I mean all the Smith classic line, the the mm-hmm. blue revolvers. Um but like like we were saying with the Remington 700, um, the older ones, uh, it it's a timeless kind of gun, and it's just to me that is a a beautiful piece of history that can be passed down through the generations. And I mean, I I don't know of anybody short of maybe Jerry that could wear out a Smith revolver. <laughs> I personally I prefer the blued. Um, the old blued smiths but you know they'll still fall under that category of being heirlooms like they're just they're just quality built and i've talked to a couple of revolver guys and shy of very few ruger guys everybody agrees on smith and wesson even the ruger guys agree on smith and wesson they just shoot ruger right (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with a there's nothing wrong with a ruger revolver um, but I, I, for it to be an heirloom, in my opinion, it would need to be a Smith. I, I would or agree with I, that. I guess I would put a Dan Wesson in there too. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'd put that in there. Yeah. Not my category, not my call. Not your category. <laughs> You're not my dad. Okay. All right. So, um. I, my next one is, again, uh, a category um, less narrowed down than that, but still relatively narrowed. So it's going to be a quality 1911. Okay. And by quality 1911, I do not mean a Kimber. I don't mean right. a Springfield well, Armory. An I, old Kimber is a quality 1911. E- even an old Kimber, for me, wouldn't fit into this. I'm talking old Colt. Mm-hmm. So old Colt does. Mm-hmm. Um, but also uh, guns like Dan Wesson's, Nighthawks, Wilson Combats. Okay. Stuff that you... And and for this particular section of this particular category, because this one will come up again later on, but it, it's just... It's one of those guns that is... 
known for quality. It's the hand fit ones that because Kimber doesn't hand fit, especially now. They used to back yes. the ones that yeah. you were talking about. They hand yeah. fit. Yeah, they don't anymore. Um, they're machine fit. They're I mean, it's just, it's basically there's a huge demand for Kimber, yeah. and the only way you can meet that demand is to to not hand fit everything. Right, right, and it's unfortunate because their quality has taken a hit. It has. Um, but yeah, so maybe an old Kimber, but mostly it's going to be these high end 1911s. Not now, not on that list anywhere is a 2011. 2011s don't count. Yeah, it's a different gun. It it is a different gun. Um, now maybe a, in 20 years it'll be a different story. <laughs> it, my, it might my be. My grandpa's SDI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, also on that list, not 9mm in this case. No. I would say that it's... it's 45, 10mm, yeah. 38 Super. Yep. Yep. So that's that's where I would go. And and I have a decent shape 9mm that I'm handing down, but I don't consider that an heirloom quality gun. It's mm-hmm. just something that I kind of had planned when I got it. So Right. It's going to be the gun you hand to your son and make exactly. say make sure the safety's on. <laughs> yeah. By byproduct of having a son named Remington. <laughs> yeah, and and make sure you have the safety on cuz the trigger's like two and a half pounds. If you sneeze it's going to go off three times. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> maybe maybe not three, but but it has been accidentally boomed before. Yep. Okay, so my next one um, I'm going to say a, a big bore rifle. Um, so I like iron sight rifles. Okay. So this weirdo, I, I guess I should take away the big, big bore. I'm going to say an iron sight rifle. Um, this could be a, a, a nice Milserp, like an SMLE or a, an infield or 1917. Okay. Um, I guess an infield is an SMLE, but, um, I was thinking of 1903 when I said that, but, um, (laughs) what, what my personal opinion on this, what I'm, my plan is to hand down to my son as soon as they come back in stock somewhere is the, uh, Marlin 1895 CB, Mm -hmm. um, not the carbine version, but the 26 inch monster version. God, that thing is so big. Um, it's a good thing he's a big kid. Well, that's, that's part of the allure of the gun. I fell over. Yeah. Like my dad had a... Had a Mossberg 500, and it was an old one mm-hmm. um, with the steel receiver. Okay. And had he had a uh, rubber butt pad on it, so it was a little longer than normal, and a 28-inch barrel. And we'd, we'd go out and shoot clay birds with it, and it was like, Dad, I can't pick this gun up. Dad, I can't pick this gun up. And then one day, I could pick the gun up. And it was just... It was a that rite was of really passage. Cool. It was. And that's kind of what I want with this gun, you know? When and you're that's old when builders stopped aging. Yes. When you're old enough to pick this up and shoot it offhand, you're old enough to have it. And that's that's kind of what I want. But um, like a, a, a classic bolt action with iron sights, you know, your Milserp rifles, mm-hmm. um, those can definitely be heirloom guns if they are mm-hmm. if treated well. Right, right. And that's one of the things about heirloom guns is you want them, generally speaking, to be in very good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there are... My next category is going to get into something that it doesn't have to be in great shape. Mm-hmm. Good shape still is preferred, but not great shape. Okay. So, 
Are you done with that one? I'm done with that one. Okay. Quit peeking at my list. So I, I didn't do it intentionally. It's just there. It's pointed towards me. Okay. So my next one is going to be a quality surplus gun. <laughs> um, from either... Now, I've got from either World War, but I guess I should I should actually specify it's more like the World War's back. So I would, like, if you want to get into, like, Civil War, if you oh, were I lucky gotcha. enough to get something you. from back then, or, like, the Spanish-American War, something from, like, those cool days, totally accept that. Um, Mosin and before. Huh? Mosin and before. <laughs> so, specifically, I have uh, 1911 M1 uh, Enfields, Mausers, 1903 Springfields, not Mosins. <laughs> I I, I, I know, specified on my list not Mosins. The uh, oh, what's that? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. There's one Mosin that uh, Iraq M44. vet. Goes, I had one of oh. those. Um, but Iraq vet goes on and on about it being a a better rifle. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it was. I don't know. Like an M37 or something. The M44 okay. was one. It was my first big boy gun. Mm-hmm. I went to a gun show with my dad with $200, and I wanted to buy a rifle. And I bought an M44 and a, a spam, spam can, can of ammo. Long gone are those and, days. And had change in my pocket when I left. We took that thing home, <laughs> and it blasted through our backstop. And mind you, our backstop was pretty good. Nope. <laughs> Wouldn't stop it. It was rough. I, I almost miss having a Mosin, but the guns that I've got to replace the Mosin are so much better. It's not funny. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, but yeah, n- specifically not a Mosin. The problem with Mosins is they were, they were generally not very well built guns in the first place. Right. They were okay, but they're not. I mean, there is one caveat to that that I would accept a Mosin being, and that is. If you are Russian, if you are Russian or like have Russian descent or right, something right. like if it's like legit a part of your history. Right. Cool. Get a Mosin, hand it down. I think Finnish was the uh, mm. um, the nicer Mosin. There, man, Mosins are so messed up because like they just owned everybody over there. So there's like 30 <laughs> different places. I guess there's a technically only. Like... You, you make rifle now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You stop make shoes. You yeah. make rifle now. Like I had, <laughs> I had two hex receivers made at the Tula factory or something like that, and I, I don't know. I mean, they were they were nice looking guns. Accuracy was crap on them by the time I got them, but they were nice looking. I had a round receiver and it shot. Uh, round receiver ninety one thirty. It shot great. I mean, you could hit clay birds at a hundred yards with it. That's pretty good. I hate Mosin iron sights. Hate yeah. them. Yeah. Those are some of the worst iron sights ever. That's it. That's all I all got. Right, that was yours? Yeah. Okay, so uh, mine, I actually skipped ahead on mine because I didn't want to do what you just did. So mine is a, uh, and it, it's going to overlap as well. Mine is a nice wartime or higher end 1911. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna mix wartime in because I hadn't really thought about them. And I know a guy that has been collecting them. And... Wartime stuff really doesn't do a lot for me. Like mm-hmm. the historical part, it it doesn't do anything for me at all. Do I know this guy? I do. Don't you I? do? Yeah. But he hands me a 1911 that was used in World War One, and that's really cool. Like you cannot be into that, like me. And somebody hands you a gun that mm-hmm. was, I mean, this this saw action or this was made or you know whatever in yep. World War One, World War Two, 
that means a lot. Like that's yes. super cool. Um, and then I, I have higher end 1911s. I was going along the same line, you know, earlier Colts. Um, it, to me, earlier Colts like wins over a Nighthawk or like all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I would take as much Nighthawks and um, Dan Wessons and stuff. They are going to be better guns. Yes. Sorry, Colt. I would take the Colt over them. Yes. Just um, me. But along with that, uh, mine's not as specific as yours was with the 1911s because I would open it up to uh, new manufacturer stuff like the Smith & Wesson E-Series. Okay. Um, I, I've, admittedly, I've had a hard-on for one of those for a long time. You've been talking um, about those for like years. The nicer, the higher end models mm-hmm. of different companies, um, I think, qualify for this as I, well. I have a hard time with this. Springfield Armory makes a nice nineteen. Yeah, like a TRP. Yeah. yeah, you could hand down a TRP. Now, I I hate to admit it because Springfield screwed some people over, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to get over that. It's not working, but I'm trying. It happens. <laughs> Is that it for that one? That's it. I mean, it All right. had a lot of overlap with the last. Three. So my next one is going to, again, have a little overlap here, too. I don't think there's a lot of wig... Like, there's not a lot of space for this. I mean, the general idea of heirloom guns is... I'm not looking at your list, I promise. <laughs> I'm looking at the bog. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so mine is any firearm with sentimental value. Now, this is where... I was talking about the quality of the firearm and that you right, want them to right. be good. This is where that quality can go to ever-loving crap. Mm-hmm. And just be what it is. It, I mean, generally speaking, it'd be nice if the gun worked. But right, and I, I think one part where this is going to touch on is that that um, the nineteen eleven that was used in World War Two. Right, right. If you get a nineteen eleven that was used in World War Two by a family member, it does not matter what type of shape that is in. It could be a rusted hunk of junk. Yep. The fact that that is what it is makes that something that you can hand down. Um, you would definitely need to put that recover tactical um, 100% grip with the, the plastic rail yeah. on it, though. I I actually know somebody <laughs> who got one of those on a... don't remember if it was a 1911 or a Beretta 92. Mm-hmm. It was a Beretta. It was an, uh, I think it was an Inox, actually. Aww. And um, it, the gun didn't run. <laughs> yeah. It um it pinched, it refused. It pinched. Yeah, it was like uh uh-uh. uh. No, like the, these things are made so bad that like it went up and like rubbed the slide and it just wouldn't cycle well. Mm-hmm. So, but um but yeah, like there's any gun and and again it it doesn't even have to be something that important. Like oh, it was used in World War Two. Um, personally, I have a firearm that was handed. I I got it when my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. and it's not a they were there were a lot of them it's called huntsman there were a lot of them it was like basically the remington mark series of the time right you know the you could go to Kmart. yeah or yeah you could go to kmart and buy them mm-hmm. but that's the first pistol i ever shot right so that it's got a lot of sentimental value and i mean they're collector's items now but i'm not going to sell it he actually <laughs> my dad one time he was like do you see the price on these things and i'm like yes i have and he goes I think I might sell it. And I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) You're not allowed to. (laughs) I said, said, if you ever sell that to anybody and you don't like say, hey, like, can I get 700 bucks for this first? I will injure you. (laughs) I'll, I mean, I just will. And then I'll hunt them down like taken style. And (laughs) 
I have a very specific set of skills. Work sitting in his basement, listen to a guy say, have a good day, have a good day, have a good day. <laughs> You're going to have a good day. So, yeah, that's that's my order round four. I think that was four. Uh, that was number five. That was five? There's yeah. no way that was five. Yeah. I've got a spare one. No. I mean, I have a spare one, too. But No, that was four. That was my... Oh, you sorry, went through two. Sorry, Did you? Sorry, I'm about to start on number five. You are high on something, sir. What did you drink before you came in here? Water. <laughs> what? Okay, so my number five, um, again, piggybacking on that. Dang it. Um, would be like the Colt Huntsman and Colt <laughs> Woodsman, um, or, and that's his in his family. It is in him. my family. There is a Ruger Standard. Ooh. A Ruger Standard is, you know, the predecessor to all the Mark series. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are solid, too. They're solid old twenty twos that still hold up. I mean, mm-hmm. they're still... You can outshoot a lot of stuff with them. Yep. I've, um, I've the not shot a Standard in a long time, but mm-hmm. the Huntsman is as, if not more accurate than my Marks. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Standard, it's a pain in the ass to get mags for. That's really the only problem with the standard. I don't know how a Huntsman is. I imagine it's probably similar. I have never seen a magazine for sale for the Huntsman. Yeah, probably one of those things where the mags is as expensive as the gun. Reminds me that um, I should probably start looking for that if we ever have gun shows again. Yeah, that's true. We haven't had a gun show in over a year. It's insane. But we had the 1500 not too long ago. I mean, mean local in town. Yeah. I, I actually talked to the guy a little bit about it, and he said that they won't. Um, They are not booking his show. Well, and the so, fairgrounds shut down down too. It did. It do, but I, I don't know if they're even allowing him to. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So, I told him if he was having problems, let me know, and I'll round the you know rally the troops. Nice. I do have a little bit of reach. It's not a whole lot, but I get a little <laughs> bit of reach. Anyway. So yeah, like a, a an older Colt hunts Colt Huntsman Colt Woodsman um, Ruger Standard Ruger mm-hmm. Mark One, um, just those old original guns um the the ruger standard we have is a black eagle version um the grips have the black eagle on it which that is, sounds incredibly expensive well well it, for it, the time it, it's not okay. but um they have the black eagle logo instead of the silver one mm-hmm. and i believe the black eagle logo came out the year that um i think strum died who strum oh okay right um but you know it, that probably adds more to the value, but it doesn't matter because it's not going anywhere. Right. Like, I I know right where that gun is, mm-hmm. and I know right where that gun will be in the future. Like it, <laughs> you, every, every time you go to the specific place that that gun is, you look at it, and if it's moved one inch, you're like, Dad, why is this moved? He's allowed to shoot it. <laughs> but he has to put it back in the exact spot, though. But it's one of those things, like, my brother-in-law is going to get his choice of whatever he wants mm-hmm. except except that except the standard and except the 686 mm-hmm. you can have all the ARs <laughs> <laughs> but my dad doesn't have any ARs I don't know what I'm talking about no he's not an AR guy <laughs> okay is that all you got for that that's all I have for that <laughs> that was a, a kind of weak finish but you know yeah. Sentimental stuff. I mean, I that's ha- how we roll. I do have a bonus, though. Okay, I don't have a bonus, but I got one last one. And it's it's weird, but we'll go with it. Because it actually... It's because of something that you have going on. And kind of... Yeah. Um, it's it's just a quality old lever action. 
Wait, uh, old design lever action. Uh-huh. Let me uh-huh. correct myself. It's um so specifically I like the ones that are pre nineteen hundred design. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately that takes Marlin out of it. No, that's fine. You're not hurting my feelings. It's 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 Henry and Winchester. Like yeah. those two like don't get me wrong, like Marlins are awesome, but they fall more into that um into the hunting, the pre sixty hunting it rifle. Is. It is. The Henry's and the um Oh man, I did just think of of an addition. The Winchester so. you could put in there too. Uh, yeah, Henry, Henry and Winchester. Oh, <laughs> I said those. You just weren't listening. I thought you said something else. I was thinking about something else. Jerkwad's <laughs> tool bag. But yeah, I mean, they are the the pre nineteen hundreds. That I guess the lever action is just in general a classic design it that is, is kind of timeless. And that's one thing that I really think about um, heirloom guns is timeless designs or classic designs are like the best ones to do, just mantelpiece type stuff. I think we'll be talking about lever actions again pretty soon on one of the upcoming episodes as well. <laughs> There's a pretty oh, good, yes. oh, yeah. pretty good yeah. chance of that. Yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what's what is your bonus? Because I just thought of one too. Okay, so. my bonus is a monetarily worthless gun. Okay, that holds great sentimental value or is full of memories. Yep. Um, for that, for that particular gun, um, I have a a Mossberg one eighty three T, which is a, a, it's right now it's a single shot. Uh, but it it's a bolt action 410 okay um with a full choke on it um i remember when i was younger i took it into a gun shop to see what i could get out of it and mind you this was my first shotgun i was just stupid and the guy offered me $25 for it so that uh, this thing's not worth anything right it shoots every time it is a fun gun my son is going to shoot this gun and my mm-hmm. son is going to get this gun I, I, I should probably get something for my daughter at some point. <laughs> Man. She'll get the 1022. Yeah. Um, that fits her personality more. Well, I watch. She's going to be the one of them that likes shooting. I know. Um, but yeah, it. you know, your your grandpa's H&R single mm-hmm. shot. Or, you know. That you went out hunting with him with. Yes. I shot my something. first deer with my grandpa's rifle. Yep. You know, whatever. Yep, it's an it's an H and R one of those conversion. Well, the conversion ones are expensive now because they don't make them anymore. But, right, but I digress. <laughs> but still, you know, something that in the eyes of the world is worth nothing, but the, yep. in the eyes of you is worth everything. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes. Okay, so you're going to have to help me with my last one because I can never remember the model. Okay. I know you know it though. Okay, so we haven't talked about shotguns at all. Mm-hmm. 870 Wingmaster. Nope. What is the Remington autoloader with the hump on the back that puts the sideline like directly in line when so you line up on that's that That's a thing? Remington Model 11, but it's ba- based off of the Browning A5. The Browning is the one that I'm thinking of. Yes. The, the Browning Auto 5. Yep. Those, the you Browning Auto... You just said humpback. Okay. So, and and <laughs> the the thing that that's first brought this... That's on my list, and now I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> so that fire or that that shotgun is one that my dad my dad was not a shooter, mind you, but that was one that he always every time we saw one of those at a gun show, he was like, I wish I had one of those. 
because it was just it was comfortable for him because yeah. they're they're perfectly lined up every time for especially for an iron sight gun like shotgun there's a spider climbing up that wire is there oh there is cool we're we're uh locked in a deep di- no 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 that spider is not worth five dollars <laughs> Maybe not your five dollars. <laughs> oh yeah, your, your your problem is spiders. See, if it was a snake, I'd be pulling out the guns on it. We covered that already. <laughs> okay, so that was that was my bonus. I'm okay. done now. I'm out. I'm spent. And I'm spent. <laughs> well, hey, thanks guys for hanging out with us while we talked about our top five heirloom guns or heirloom g- category. What guns. we think are good heirloom guns <laughs> this is gooder ending, than others this is ending very poorly <laughs> stay tuned for blooper reel <laughs> we don't have that much this time around oh we didn't we didn't chit chatter at the beginning like we usually did but the camera wasn't on that is that is true we were doing that sitting over there instead so hey guys thanks again for hanging out with us on the podcast remember if you like this and you're listening on your podcast app do us a favor and give us a follow it would be really awesome if you could uh, leave a review. I actually don't know how to do reviews on podcast apps. Um, I don't either. I don't do podcasts. I'm one of those pieces of crap that looks at everybody's review but doesn't do one. You tool bag. I know. And then when the podcast people are like begging for you to do reviews, you just sit there like with this guilt-stricken face like, <laughs> I'm never going to do that. I donate on Patreon. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, if you are, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube... Head over to your favorite podcast app. Uh, you will find us at Leadheads Podcast. If you like the podcast and you want to help out a little bit, you can help us out over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash leadheadspodcast. I think that's about it. I think that's the whole spiel. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, guys. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. See you, guys.